Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Review. And we are live to the W2M Network via tape for the Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Live Review. Good evening, everyone, or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. And Happy New Year. That I can state for a fact because it will be into the new year by the time you've listened to this. Obviously, Smackdown happened on January 2nd. So I'm Harry Broadhurst, and holy crap, the band is back together. Woo! Hi, Liz. Hi, Harry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I missed you. I just accidentally turned on Alexa. (laughs) Will you tell Alexa and Google Earth to go get along elsewhere? You have a podcast to do. I want to quickly thank Brandon Biscobing for filling in for the last three weeks, first for myself and then the previous two for Liz due to technical difficulties and or personal issues of which we will not get into. However, what we will get into is tonight's SmackDown review. And we are a presentation of the W2M Network available online at W2Mnet.com. All right, Liz, let's do this, shall we? Let's go. Well, I can't think of a better way to start off SmackDown in 2018 than AJ Styles. I mean, clearly the best thing about SmackDown in 2017 was AJ Styles. I can agree with that. So Styles comes down and complains about the fact that – well, first he mentions that – Everybody's talking about their resolutions and their wishes for this year. And he says he has a resolution for twenty seven for 2018. You see, that's going to take a long time for me to get used to. Hopefully, I don't sign any of my checks 2017 and we're coach. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Styles says that he has a resolution for 2018, and that is that he plans to hold the World Heavyweight Championship, the SmackDown title, that is, until WrestleMania and walk out as champion. Last week, Shane McMahon and Sami Zayn got involved in his match, and tonight he plans to take it out on Sami Zayn. Your typical revolving door opening segment happens from here as Sami, or not Sami, excuse me, Daniel Bryan is brought down to the ring by AJ Styles, and then before Bryan can say a word, Shane McMahon makes his way down to ringside as well. Styles mentioned before Bryan came down to the ring that Bryan was going to issue a a decree as far as whether or not Kevin Owens would be allowed at ringside for their match. Shane McMahon said that he himself would be at ringside for the match between Styles and Zayn later in the evening. So Daniel Bryan says, then the only fair thing to do is to allow Kevin Owens to be at ringside. And then Daniel says that since Sammy or since Kevin and Shane are going to be at ringside, I might as well be at ringside too, because why the hell not? Mm. 
Okay, so I appreciate the fact that it's three of the best hands on SmackDown involved with each other here with inside of the ring with Sammy, Kevin, and AJ here. But is there any possible way that they could not cluster fudge sickle this up? No. No, because it's already it's already gone a step past ridiculous. So much cluster fudge, so little time. I, I can't I, use the word I'd normally use here. Yeah, I think it's I think in some ways it's lost a bit of whatever whatever they were trying to do with it. It's kind of lost a little gone off track a little bit. So that sets up our apparent main event for the evening because I actually thought we were going to get both U.S. title quarterfinal matches tonight. We did not. We'll talk about the one we did get a bit later. Inside of the ring when we come back from the commercial break are Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, uh, America's greatest tag team. Still funny to me. And... The Usos make their way down to the ring, cutting a promo about how they are still the best team and welcome everybody to a new year, but the same location of the Uso Penitentiary. We get the SmackDown tag team title match here. And Liz, I know that this one kind of irked you, so I will go ahead and describe it and you can tell me why this irked you. Originally, we see new tag team champions crowned as Chad Gable pins Jimmy Uso with the Doomsday... Powerbomb kind of uh, like the heart attack, but from a powerbomb position, they really don't have a name for it and they really should. But wait, there's more. Apparently, the illegal men were involved in the decision and the referees are now smart about this using instant replay. Go ahead and rant. You know you want to. Well, I think it was just Chad that was not the right person. It was the correct Uso, if I remember correctly. Both of them were illegal. Were they? Yeah, they showed the uh, they showed the last tag before the breakdown, and Jay got tagged in, and Benjamin got tagged in. Oh, I thought Jimmy got tagged in. I I stopped listening because it was annoying me. I don't know. I just I I hate that type. Of, I don't mind that type of finish. We've seen matches restart again. I just think they some of the tag team stuff. It's been it's been good. They're just dragging it out. Is it inevitable that these two are going to get the titles? Maybe, you know, maybe not. I just, I just wasn't a fan of it. I loved Gable though, with his whining and throwing himself and down on his knees. I loved that. I think he's really improved these last few weeks. Well, with Benjamin showing a lot of different personality, and I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I just thought it was. My my concern is that the Usos have kind of run their course in the champions role. I feel like I think they might do better chasing the titles for a while after the team of Gable and Benjamin takes the belts off of them. There's really no other team at the Usos level right now, unless you go back to the new day. And quite frankly, nobody wants to see that again. So. Why not just put the titles on Gable and Benjamin and then have the Usos have to work their way back up the contenders ranks and then have the Usos take the belts back in like a pre-show match at WrestleMania if you really are bound and determined to keep the belts on Jimmy and Jay? I mean, the the tag team division seems to be so split right now into, for lack of a better term, different divisions. You have these two teams going at it. The New Day is chasing the... They're more like a faction than a tag team at the moment or whatever. Then you have the Bludgeon Brothers dominating everybody, but not going after the tag team champs. 
it's like so it's like it doesn't make sense. They should either be going if they're supposed to be so dominant, they should either be going after Benjamin and Gable to take their spot or going after the Usos. Well, I feel like this is the reason that America's greatest tag team isn't getting the titles because the eventual plan is to put the belts on Harper and Rowan. Mm-hmm. Which I have no problem with. I agree. It should have happened three years ago. That being said, mm-hmm. though, you're kind of sacrificing Gable and Benjamin by having them repeatedly fail to gain the titles, are you not? I agree. And I think that's why it aggravated me so much. Like, okay, finally, it's going to liven things up a little bit, it's going to switch it up. And then you got this stupid thing where it was the – I don't mind so much the wrong man. I actually laughed at that because I, I always get the two of them mixed up still to this day. Um, so it was like kind of funny. So I don't mind that so much. It's just like bite the bullet already. Pull the trigger. Give us new tag champs or move the hell on. All right, so that goes ahead and moves us towards the actual finish of the match where we do see the Usos retain after Jimmy, I think, pins Shelton Benjamin, that I'm sure of. Kind of easy to tell Gable and Benjamin apart. Jimmy and Jay, not so much. (laughs) Make your own jokes here. We're moving on. Kevin and Sammy arrive to the building, interviewed by Renee Young, apparently very happy to see Renee Young. Apparently, the only person more happy to see Renee Young these days in the WWE is Samoa Joe. And frankly, if you've not seen Joe's mic work on Raw recently, you're missing out because that dude has been straight fire. He's been great. They talk about the main event with Sammy throwing in various yeps after Kevin cuts the promo. And we eventually see the fact that Kevin feels like Sammy's going to do exactly what Kevin did last week, and that is take down the face that runs the place, the champ that runs the camp, the house that AJ Styles built. I think I've got all of his cliches in now. We move on. Bludgeon Brothers versus Fashion Police never happen as the Bludgeon Brothers decide to attack during a video package. Why has nobody done that before? That makes so much sense. You mean the Ascension attack them? No, the oh, Bludgeon Brothers attacked the fashion police. The, it's, oh, the Bludgeon Brothers attacked the fashion police as the vignette was the 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 highlight vignette was airing on the Titantron. The I Bludgeon totally Brothers missed that. Screw this. I totally missed that. So then, Maya, no, go ahead. No, I totally missed that. Because I meant to ask actually in chat because all of a sudden I saw that come out. I. Thought that the fashion based on something my friend posted on you know Twitter because she was at the show, but then they weren't there and Ascension was attacking. So I thought that some type of switch took place or whatever. Well, the Ascension attempts to arrive and make the save for the fashion police, and that goes about as well as you'd expect it to. Yeah, I mean that's another thing about the tag you know division. They have the fashion, both Fandango and Tyler Breeze. I think are, you know. Pretty good wrestlers. The Ascension, they do nothing with. They have a lot more teams than you realize because they don't do anything with them. Yeah, Fandango's not his wrestling ability you're concerned about. How do you know, Harry? Are you in my head? We've had this conversation before, Liz. Be quiet, Harry. Moving on. (laughs) Getting scolded. All right, (laughs) fine. Uh, yeah, eventually this is probably going to lead to Bludgeon Brothers versus Ascension. 
Uh, the problem with that is the Ascension has been treated like such a joke in the ring over the course of the last calendar year that if they have any kind of credible offense against the Bludgeon Brothers, it does nothing but hurt the mystique of the Bludgeon Brothers at this point. Exactly. The New Day arrive backstage, and Xavier Woods gets a gift for the New Year. It's a pancake plan. I have to interrupt you here, and I apologize. Mm -hmm. I missed something somewhere. When the hell did this stupid pancake thing start? It's been going on for a couple of months here. It's dumb as hell, and frankly, I tend to ignore it. I do too, but how did it start in the first place? I've actually tried to Google this, and I can't find out. I don't know, and to be <sighs> quite frank about it, I don't care. Yeah, me either. It's so stupid. Anyway, I apologize. Move it. Go ahead. But you do know what we do care about here on the SmackDown Live review? Rusev Day. Today's Rusev Day. Every day is Rusev Day. You're goddamn right. <laughs> Rusev and English arrive, and Rusha, and English decides to put the poo-poo on Xavier Woods' celebration, and he was, quite frankly, gloriously dickish in doing so. Bravo, Aiden. Have you seen their stuff on Twitter? I have not. Uh, well, I did, see the, I did see the Aiden English post on Instagram that you linked us to in the wrestling chat, where he was campaigning about wanting to be the next United States champion. Yeah, I think Woods started it, and, you know, he followed up. It's great. You have to go watch it. A quick inbox promo for Mojo Rawley to talk about his match apparently next week with Zack Ryder because we can't have two quarterfinals in one week again. That would be foolish. Well, does anybody care about that? Mojo takes on Zack Ryder next week and plans to leave him in the past where he belongs. Woo, woo, woo. We know it. Decent little promo from Mojo. I guess. I care less about him. Well, how you feel about Mojo is pretty much how I feel about Ryder at this point. So okay, That's how I feel about both of them. Ouch. <laughs> you would think that Long Island IZ would be, in your, would be on your list of favorites. Fellow no, New Long, Island, Long Island and Staten Island tend not to get along. But, but fellow New Yorkians, you, that, I... The, I, I the okay. boroughs tend not to even acknowledge that Long Island exists unless we have to. So Aiden English goes to sing his introduction for his match and gets cut off by Rusev. Words I can say here will not do this justice. Go to the YouTubes. It was pretty damn awesome. <laughs> and just to know that it is always Rusev Day. Unfortunately, it was not Aiden English Day as Xavier Woods picks up the victory with his rope walk elbow drop, advancing him to the semifinals to take on Jinder Mahal. Well, as soon as they said the winner of this match takes on Jinder Mahal, they kind of telegraphed that one, didn't they? I'm hoping for some type of anything swerve. I mean, most people are saying Jinder is going to win the whole thing, which I can kind of see, unfortunately. I mean, I actually like Jinder, so I really don't care. If he does, but I love Woods, so I would love to see him advance. And we've discussed it on here and privately. I would love to see them free bird a singles title. Well, they seem to tease that during the uh, during the pancake promo that they had backstage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's their thing. It would be great. You know, I can kind of see some crazy, stupid finish that will aggravate me on one level. Um, giving Woods the win. 
I, I I don't see it. I think the finals. I think the finals are dead set. Uh, Mahal and uh, and Bobby Roode. Yeah, I've been wrong about this stuff before, but to me, it's just it seems the most logical outcome. I mean, we're definitely going to. Doesn't matter. I mean, we're definitely going to get more of Rusev and English and the New Day, which you know is pretty much golden anyway. Anything. I, I feel we'll like I, I feel like I want Bobby Roode to win the U.S. title and then lose it to Rusev Day. I think Roode has to win the title. You got to do something with Roode to give him a moment on SmackDown here, because as of right now on SmackDown, he's simply treading water, and I don't think that's what you want for Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. Especially with a guy who has probably as little shelf life in the WWE as Roode has, because Roode is up there in terms of age in regards to the superstars on the main roster. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they have to give it to Rude. They have to do something with him. Because he's just... I mean, he had a dark match tonight. Dark match tonight, but that was it. And Natalia and the rest of the welcoming committee cut a promo about the Riot Squad. I got a sandwich. Yeah, I blinked and, it, and that was it. I didn't even pay attention. And I sound horrible saying that, but... We all know how I feel about most of the women's division by now. As, as the resident Total Divas watcher on this show, because I don't, I've never watched a single episode of it. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. find it? Do you find it almost intelligence insulting that Lana doesn't have the accent on Total Divas, but does on WWE TV? Um. Yes and no. I mean, because they. They talk about it on Total Divas, you know, and she explains it that, you know, about her character and she uses it, you know, sometimes. So not really. I'm kind of over it. I'm just I I think it's become like a joke now, you know, like the old Kofi Kingston was a Jamaican, you know, (laughs) or whatever type of thing. I mean, eventually they'll probably start phasing it out. I can't see, you know, how much longer they can keep it going. That has led to some pretty great lines over the years in regards to Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. Triple H is yeah. hey, used to be Jamaican. Jamaican, yeah. It's it's. I mean, she. But I think I think the difference is she 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 acknowledges it because when they're doing stuff like with her training and there was the bit where they get into this big argument because and I think she was right where she's saying the women need to continue to improve in all ways, not just in the ring, their speaking ability and everything. That um. You know, she's she uses it and she mentions it, so I don't think so. I think it's okay. Right. That takes us to the aforementioned six woman tag team match, Riot Squad versus Welcoming Committee. The Riot Squad pick up the win when Sarah Logan pins Tamina Snuka with a cartwheel knee drop. Holy okay. dumb finish alert, Batman. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you how it finished. I just knew it was over. And I was thankful. I don't have anything against Sarah Logan. I really don't. I've actually worked with Sarah Logan before, so I have nothing against her personally. Mm-hmm. But, man, clearly the least talented of the three in the ring on the Riot Squad, and arguably the least talented in the ring of the six that just recently got, well, the five that just recently got called up in addition to the returning page. I mean, so far the whole thing has done nothing. I think Ruby would be better on her own. 
in I many feel like ways. We're eventually gonna, I feel like we're eventually going to get there, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're eventually going to get there with all of them. Um, but Ruby, you know, Ruby definitely is the best one on the mic. She should be the, the leader. But this one, this set even more than, than the other one does absolutely nothing for me. It's just, it's dull. You're watching the same thing on both shows, so it does zip. Well, Mandy Rose will be a star because she looks like what Mandy Rose looks like. Sonya Deville, I think, Deville and I think Sarah Logan are the two in the most trouble. Because while Deville appeals to a certain community that the WWE is always trying to attract, and especially now that Darren Young is no longer gainfully employed by the WWE, yes, I know I'm throwing a dangerous card into play here, but let's face it, the fact that she is a lesbian is going to help her employment status. Oh, is she? I didn't even know. She's going to reach that community. There, there was a huge article about her on Out.com a while ago. Yeah, I don't really care about the women's division, gay or not, so I wouldn't have seen it. Okay, that's fair enough, I suppose. <laughs> Anywho, um, so I feel like that's going to help Sonya Deville there. I don't think that she has enough of a personality individually now here. Again, I say what I stated about Mandy Rose, it stands. Mandy Rose is going to stick around because Mandy Rose looks like what Mandy Rose looks like. Liv Morgan. Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, Liv Morgan, I'm kind of indifferent on. I almost feel like it was a mistake putting her on the same show as Carmella. Because they look so much alike? Because they look so much alike? Because they act so much alike? Because they're basically the same fucking person, freaking person? No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Seven second edit. Moving on. Afterwards, Ruby Riot cuts the promo that Liz mentioned a little bit earlier and talks about the fact that the fans need a strong dose of reality, which is exactly what the Riot Squad is. She then mentions that Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan are entering the Women's Royal Rumble. Well, at least we know they can bump over the top rope. They did so in NXT. Progress for the Women's Rumble match. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised they actually decided to go with the over the top rope for the Women's Rumble? No, I'm glad they did. I think I was a little. I was a little bit surprised that they made the announcement that they were going to go over the top rope. I figured for sure we were going to get the fluff between the ropes eliminations. Yeah, hey, you want equality? You get equality. Go over the damn top rope. Charlotte comes out and says that she congratulates them on the victory, but believes that there's some reality set in here for them as their actions over the past couple of weeks have consequences. First, introducing Naomi, who feels it appropriate to still do most of her entrance, even though she's in a blood feud right now. And then the returning Becky Lynch, who proceeds to clear the ring with straight fire! Trademark Joey Styles. I think, I don't know, there was nothing more than to be like, oh, I mean, Naomi already beat them up the other day or whatever, the last show or whatever, a week or so ago. And it was just to be like, oh, look, Becky's back. You could have just Becky run out during the damn match. Becky 
Baron Corbin's entering the Royal Rumble. Good for him. I missed that. Good for him, I guess. Good, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like Corbin. I actually do. I'm probably one I of the I do too. No, uh, I like Corbin. I've always liked Corbin. We're, we're probably <laughs> the few that do, but at the same time, there there's only so there's only so many times that you can attempt to make him seem as something legitimate, and then book him to be something completely otherwise. Well, that's like, that's what they do pass with a lot of people. Main event is Styles and Sami Zayn. Not quite on my to me, not quite on the level of the Kevin Owens match from last week, but still very strong match here. The big takeaway here is the fact that. Kevin distracts the referee as the ref's trying to get back into the ring. Why the referee decided to suicide dive through the ropes to avoid being run into on an O'Connor roll, <laughs> beside the point. But Owens distracts the referee while Styles has Zayn hooked in a crucifix. The referee finally gets in in time to count two before Zayn kicks out. Shane McMahon hops onto the apron and tells the referee to throw Kevin Owens out of ringside. Said Zebra... Con- com- said zebra obliges easy for me to say that's all folks and as Kevin Owens is starting to make his way to the back AJ Styles gets his brains kicked in with the haluva kick in the corner courtesy of Sammy for a one two three Styles upset post-match grabs the microphone and states that he might as well be facing both of them at the same time, which gives Daniel Bryan the genius idea that the SmackDown heavyweight title match at the Royal Rumble will be AJ Styles defending against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a handicap match. Oh, brother. Yeah. Oh, look, the best friends are going to break up again. Oh, brother. Okay, so now here's my question. Is it whoever gets the pinfall as the champion? Are they both the champion? Because, frankly, them doing an I'm the tag team champions with the heavyweight title would be kind of funny. Yeah. But that's something you want to do with the biggest belt in your company? I have no idea where this, this one is going. Um, I mean, there's – I think there's very few ways they can go with it where it will be – a decent ending. Is you're gonna have another feud with Sammy and and Kevin? You know, is Kevin is Sammy gonna help? They're not gonna they're not gonna make Sammy the champion unless he loses the next day. A la Christian, we all know this. <laughs> so is Sammy gonna? I know the Christian is Sammy gonna help Kevin win? You know, or is who knows? There's very few good outcomes of this. Well, my my theory here is next week on SmackDown, Shane turns this from a handicap match to a triple threat. Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm interested in that. I think I'd be more interested in Styles and Owens one-on-one. Hell, put Sammy in a shark cage. They haven't done that recently, and I'm sure they have toys to sell. But that's what I'm saying. If they turn it into – if he turns it into – a triple threat match, then we get the whole oh, we're best friends, blah, 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 but I'm going to win. I'm gonna, you know, same crap we've had, you know, half a dozen times already. Anything else to add as we wrap this up? Nope. Scale of 1 to 10, Liz, what do you got? 5 and a half. 
right there with you, five and a half. First episode of SmackDown is New Year, same snuffleupagus. Nothing advanced, nothing furthered. If anything, you've probably set a couple of people back to start the year, and that's not the way you want to go. Mm-hmm. I agree. One word review, Liz. Describe tonight's show in one word. What do you got? Serviceable. Disappointing. Oh, I like that one even better. But, you know, serviceable. It moved, it moved a couple of things along. Told us some junk, and that was it. There's potential for great things on SmackDown. The problem is, is they don't take advantage of potential a lot of times. When they do, they're great. Usos and Gable and Benjamin, America's Greatest Tag Team, could have phenomenal four-star mm-hmm. matches on a week-in, week-out basis with their eyes closed. The booking kicks in tonight and drags them down into the serviceable level that Liz mentioned. Right. The women's division, well, serviceable is about the only word to describe it on SmackDown right now. And that's being generous. Mm. The only one of those women on SmackDown I have any kind of real interest in is Becky. I don't care about Charlotte, even though I probably should. I have zero interest in Naomi, and that goes back years. Ruby Riot intrigues me, but she's not enough of a threat here. And they've squandered away what momentum Natalia had. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of Natalia's. Um, I don't think she gets enough credit, you know, for certain things. Um, She's to SmackDown what Mickey is to Raw. Right. And I never have cared for Charlotte. I give Charlotte a lot of credit. She's improved in a lot of ways. I would care more about Charlotte if she would stop freaking wooing like her father. You were your own person. We get it. Ric Flair is your father. Move the hell on. Get rid of the damn robe. You don't need to play on the legacy. We get it. We know. Oh, you have the same damn last name. They say it every time you come out. Okay, so under that line of thinking, shouldn't Natalia have to stop with the sharpshooter and the pink and black? Yeah. I mean, if you want Charlotte, if you want Charlotte to be her own person, wouldn't it be a tad hypocritical to be on Natalia's side as well, though? Well, no, I've always been a fan of Natalia's. It's, it is probably maybe it's hypocritical, but I could do without Natalia. Um, whole. My uncle, my this, my that. No, I'm both. But that's fair. You know, the wooing. I just, I hate the wooing. Well, somebody has to keep the woo around on WWE television. No, they don't. Also, as far as the women's division goes, if you expect me to take Tamina seriously, you're smoking something. Oh, please, nobody can take poor Tamina seriously. There is literally zero chance of me ever taking Tamina seriously. Zero. I don't, I don't think Tamina ever had a ever had a shot. The main event scene is the main thing I want to talk about here when I say disappointing. AJ and Kevin one on one, fantastic. AJ and Sammy one on one, fantastic. We've seen it before. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's overbooked to Helen back because of Shane and Daniel. Mm-hmm. This whole subplot of Shane and Daniel that is going to lead to Daniel's first match back being against Shane is dragging everything down. 
I'm I love Shane. I love Daniel. Who doesn't? But it's the whole turning him into a more you know authority-ish type person. I think it's killed it's his character. He doesn't pull it off well. He sounds like a huge douche, which is maybe part of what he should be. But it's too much. It's it's you know like what did AJ say to them? You know, stop bickering like children. You know, <laughs> whatever. It's like yes, yeah, stop and be quiet and go away. <laughs> I feel like AJ's comment to Shane and Daniel to stop bickering like children is one of those moments where I love shoot comments that aren't meant to be shoot comments. Yeah. It was the best comment of the night, I think. Here's the here's the deal, SmackDown. There is a ton of potential with the roster that you have right now. But the word to describe most of that potential at the present moment is squandered. Mm-hmm. This is my go-to show on a weekly basis when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to in-ring action, and when it comes to common sense. These last couple of weeks, it's had none of the above. No, everything is wasted. You can listen to us next on 205 Live here on the WTM Network. I'll be back tomorrow night as well with the kickoff playoff preview edition. Oh, did I tell you, Liz? My team made the playoffs. Who's your team? I'm a Bills fan. Yeah, oh, congratulations. The drought is over. We'll talk more about that tomorrow night on the kickoff. What will happen next here on the W2M Network, though, if you're listening to these sequentially, will will be myself and Liz breaking down tonight's episode of 205 Live. So for our executive producer, Sean Garmer, my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broaders. This has been the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live review for January 2nd, 2017. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night for more SmackDown Live. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 